Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the third season, first episode of the Joe Galati podcast. I really do appreciate your tuning in and listening. And for this particular podcast, we're going to be talking about multiple sclerosis, MS, really quite the dreaded diagnosis. And a lot of people, when they hear that somebody they know has MS, there is this sinking feeling in their stomach, and let alone the fear that people have when they are being evaluated for a vague set of symptoms, and the doctor may tell them, well, it may be MS. Uh, it's never, never, ever a good feeling that you get from this. So what we're going to do is, for this episode, we have Dr. Julia Jones, who is a neurologist at Houston Methodist Hospital here in Houston, Texas. And she's going to be giving an overview of what exactly is multiple sclerosis. And then we have the great honor of having Janice Dean come on and talk about her own personal journey with MS. She is the chief meteorologist at the Fox News Channel. And also Monday through Friday, you can see her on Fox and Friends early in the morning. And she has written a book recently, which I had the uh, honor of reading, Mostly Sunny, How to Learn to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. And so Janice gives a very unique perspective and a little bit of trivia. Janice actually started off a portion of her radio career here in Houston, Texas, back in the late 90s. And she talks about that in her, uh, in her book. And a lot of people in Houston radio today, like Mark Sherman, Eddie Martini over at... Uh, at iHeart, know her or knew her from the old Clear Channel days. But the backdrop on all of this, and this is one of the missions of not only what I do as a practicing physician, our radio program every Sunday evening or this podcast, is to make you more informed consumers, have you understand. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with all of you knowing a little bit about MS, multiple sclerosis, realizing that the symptoms, they can be uh, vague weaknesses, weird pains that you have, some visual changes. And the one thing that I stress all the time, I never want you to simply blow it off as the reason I'm tired is because I am stressed out. I worked an extra shift. It is vacation time or it's holiday time. Uh, you, You have to be very much in tune with your body and realize that if this is going on for more than a day or so or two or three, something is definitely wrong. You have to step forward, see your primary care physician or see a specialist and get this worked out. I can tell you without stretching the truth at all that I have patients that I see for the first time 
with serious advanced liver disease. That's not good either. Who have been walking around with pains, realizing that their liver chemistries have been abnormal. They've gone to their doctor and they have been told an ultrasound, CAT scan, whatever it may be, is abnormal, but they chalk it up to some other excuse or they are just really too afraid to seek out the care that they really need. And so by the time they see me, this is very advanced liver disease. And as you all know, whether it's liver disease or heart disease or something like MS, the later you find out about this, the more difficult it is to rectify the problems and do your best to have a good outcome and lead a long, healthy life. So what I want to do by this little preamble, number one, it's, it's perfectly appropriate for all of you to have some working knowledge of MS, understand the medical implications, the signs, the symptoms, the workup, and uh, the strategy of treatment, and also to listen to Janice Dean. Pick up her book, Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. It really is a marvelously written, uh, insightful book that is quite emotional in her own personal journey. And it's more than MS. She really uh, had uh, an interesting life with ups and downs, uh, which, which she shares very, very clearly. So we'll uh, turn it over to the uh, main body of the podcast. As always, if you have any questions, you can go to our website, drjogalotti.com, send me an email, reach out, give us a call. Happy to communicate with all of you. Take care and stay healthy. from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. This is Your Health First, the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Jill Galati. During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, it's another lovely, lovely Sunday evening broadcasting from our Your Health First headquarters here in Houston, Texas. But we are beaming around the United States on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Your radio or device is tuned into Your Health First. We hear every single Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. If you want to follow along with what we do, send me an email. Find out what I do when I'm not on the radio taking care of patients, go to drjogalati.com, drjogalati.com. You could send me an email, sign up for all of our social media, look at old programs, YouTube, everything is there, drjogalati.com. Now, on, uh, on the program tonight, we are dedicating a large portion of it to a disease that a lot of people may know somebody that has this condition. They're a little afraid of it. They don't quite understand it. And it goes by the, I guess you could say an acronym, MS. Those are two letters you don't want to hear from your doctor to say, hey, 
you have MS or that person has MS. And of course, that is multiple sclerosis. And we are going to discuss it in detail. First, what we're going to do this evening, we have Julia Jones from Houston Methodist Hospital here in Houston. She is a neurologist, and she is going to give everybody, I would like to say, a 10,000-foot view of what MS is. Why do you get it? What are the symptoms? How do you get worked up? What's the natural history of this disease? Now, you may be saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get MS. But it is important for all of us to have a basic understanding of this condition. Now, it may not be the most common health issue that we face. But you have to have a certain understanding of different symptoms. And a lot of people, now whether it's multiple sclerosis or uh, heart disease or even what I take care of, liver disease, People that come and see me, they have had symptoms for weeks or months or even years, not really truly understanding to connect the dots to say, aha, abdominal pain is not normal. Blurred vision. I thought I was just getting old and I have cataracts or I, I read too much in dim light. But you have to be familiar with it. So Dr. Jones is going to give us that sort of overview. Then following that, a true treat. Janice Dean is going to be on with us. Now, Janice, actually, part of her radio roots started here in Houston a number of years ago. But Janice Dean, as you all know, she is the senior meteorologist at Fox News Channel. And if you're up early in the morning, Monday through Friday, you see her on Fox and Friends. She's written a book. Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Day. And I would say for, for really anybody that's tuning in tonight, this is a book about the trials and tribulations of life. The high points, the low points. And thrown in there is Janice's story of multiple sclerosis, which he very openly shares with everybody and is an inspiration, not only if you have MS, but if you are trying to get through a tough time. So it's going to be a real treat having Janice on a little later in the program, as well as Dr. Julia Jones from Houston Methodist Hospital. All right. What I, what I want to uh, catch here for the first couple of minutes before we uh, get into our multiple sclerosis mode, is, is COVID-19. Now, for those that have been listening, really since it started, we have been talking about COVID-19. But now we are, especially here in Texas, we are starting to open up and relax some of the rules that we've been living under. Restaurants are opening. People are actually coming to see me as a, as, as a patient now in the, in the office. But with this relaxing, there is still concern. People are still hesitant. They're not quite ready for this. And I would say in general, for those that are following this story, and just about everybody is, I would say there is so much more we need to learn. And first and foremost, how many people really have or have had COVID-19. We will learn this in the weeks and months to come. 
Everybody is now talking about antibodies, these antibody tests, and that is a logical next move for us to test one another. But even if you have antibodies, how, how many antibodies do you need to keep us safe? Are a little antibodies good, or do you need a ton of antibodies? How long do the antibodies last? You could have antibodies on June 15th, but by September 15th, the antibodies wane and you're again potentially at risk. Now, one, one thing that I take care of is hepatitis B. Now, what we know about hepatitis B is not everybody that gets infected makes enough antibodies. And so we take care of people that at one point in their life, they were exposed to hepatitis B one way or another. But here they are, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years later, they just cannot mount the appropriate antibody response. They've got some antibodies, but not enough antibodies. It's not protective. And so these are the questions that we have to work through. But in the meantime, with social distancing, as things open up, we have to be smart about it. Avoid the crowd. You have to maintain the distancing. You have to maintain the hand-washing. Don't go around crowds. If somebody is sick, stay home. All right, we're going to take a break right now. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. drjoegalati.com. I am Dr. Joe Galati. We'll be back in a minute coming up talking about multiple sclerosis. Everything you needed to know. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Our goal every Sunday evening is to make you better consumers of healthcare. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com. And I got a message from my social media authority. I almost forgot. If you go to our Instagram account, which is at Dr. Joe Galati, Instagram at Dr. Joe Galati, our 10th new follower tonight will get a free signed copy of my book, Eating Yourself Sick. Something to do while you're in sort of this pseudo quarantine with COVID. Go to Instagram at Dr. Joe Galati and uh, we'll see who we can give a book out to tonight. All right. Well, as I was saying, coming up shortly is Janice Dean from Fox News Channel talking about her journey with multiple sclerosis. But now on the phone is Dr. Julia Jones who is a neurologist at Houston Methodist Hospital. She is going to give us an overview of what in the world multiple sclerosis is. Dr. Jones, thanks very much for coming on tonight. Thank you so much. Well, it, um, you know, multiple sclerosis from, from a hepatologist standpoint is uh, certainly um, something I do not uh, see or I haven't seen since my internal medicine days. But I think there is a certain fear factor around it. Uh, as I was saying at the beginning of the program, patients or friends and neighbors will say, oh, did you hear Bob has MS? And, you know, it's not exactly the, the, um, the news you want to hear. And a lot of people really do not understand what multiple sclerosis is. So with that said, can you, can you give a broad explanation of what in the world it is? Well, yes, I can. Thank you. So multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease uh -huh. where your body is attacking itself, not unlike rheumatoid arthritis, 
colitis, lupus, other things where your body kind of goes haywire. But for this one, it attacks the brain and the spinal cord. Right. So we can have stroke-like symptoms. And typically this affects people between the ages of 10 and 60 years old. Mm -hmm. So the presentation may be something sort of like, well, my leg is numb and it came up to my waist. You know, these MS sort of attacks are supposed to last about 24 hours. So if you wake up and your arm is numb and tingly and it goes away, okay, that's positional numbness. That is not MS. We're talking about symptoms that will stay there and be persistent for at least 24 hours plus. But a common presentation could be numb legs, which I think is what is what Miss Dean had. Yeah. Um, you can have painful blurred vision and eye. So yeah, to lose vision, to have blurred vision, to have pain, that's a common multiple sclerosis presentation, what we call optic neuritis. So these right. are really symptoms you're going to want to see your doctor, your ophthalmologist very quickly and, and get checked out. Yeah. Now the big the big question, you mentioned autoimmune, but people when they're diagnosed with be it MS or any other chronic disease, they start looking at, well, I had a virus when I was in college or um, I lived in a neighborhood where it it turned out that it was, um, you know, the water was no good or I didn't eat right. I drank too much alcohol, genetics. Where where does MS fit in in all of that? Well, I I don't think it's obviously uh, clear at this point in time, but we know there is a genetic predisposition meaning if mom or dad have MS, your risk is about 2%. If brother or sister have MS, your risk is just less than 3%. So there's some genetics, but they did studies with identical twins. One got MS, the other did not. So it's not all genetics. We know there's an environmental trigger. For instance, in World War II, when British soldiers were stationed in the Faroe Islands, which is off the coast of Denmark, Uh there was an outbreak of multiple sclerosis in that population. They never had it. So we know there is a viral trigger. They looked at, you know, mononucleosis, you know, EBV, Epstein Barr, different ones. And I don't think we've really proven anything as, as, hey, you get this, you're going to have it. We we don't really have that information, but we know genetic presupposition and there's an environmental trigger clearly with with who gets MS. But I don't think, you know, I think being healthy, having a good lifestyle, I don't think there are any particular risks, but, you know, genetics play a small role. Right, right. Now, um, when when you look at the number of new cases, is this a flat number? Are the numbers going up? Is there any new trend that is coming out of all this? I think the trend is, you know, the number of patients used to have MS in Houston were about four to six per 100,000. I think that number is greater now, but we also diagnose it better because we have MRI, where, you know, we have... Uh, medicines that we can use to treat. So I, I don't know if the number's actually going up. I think we're better at identifying it, which is good because an early diagnosis means treatment, which means less disability over time. I mean, think about anything. Right. Doctors never cure much of anything, whether it be diabetes or hypertension. We can treat it, right. and we can treat MS. And now we do a much better job, and we have changed the course of the disease now that we have at least 13-plus disease-modifying therapies. I think uh, Ms. Dean may have been on Copaxone and then Tysabri now. But, you know, you want to be on something because we know getting on a disease-modifying therapy will decrease your risk of disability accumulating over time. It's very important to make an early diagnosis, bottom line. Yeah. Now, what what about... And and it sort of touched on, you know, why do people get MS? Any lifestyle um, behavior... uh, 
you know, eating or obesity, alcohol, drug use, any of that maybe uh, put you at a little higher risk? You know, I, I don't know for certain. We know that most of our microbiome is in our gut. In other words, right. most of our immune system is in our gut. So we are what we eat, right? So you, you obviously know that. Um, so I, I don't know if being vegan or vegetarian or all plant-based will not let you have MS if you're going to get it. I, I just I don't think we know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean that um, that that is a very good point. Now, getting getting back to the symptoms, because one of the things that that we try every week on this program is to alert people to listen to their body. And so you mentioned at the start numbness in the leg or pain, visual problems. And as a neurologist, I'm sure you see a new MS patient, and they may have delayed getting to you weeks or months because they thought it was something else or they didn't realize and connect the dots in a sense. So what what message for tonight do you think you could give those listening as far as being alert? Now, you don't want to make hypochondriacs out of everybody, but just a certain level of alertness to listen and tune in. Well, I think clearly if you're having progressive numbness in arms and legs, that's not normal. I mean, we all get stressed out and have symptoms, right? And we, you know, we get a headache, we get stomach pain, but, we, you know, numbness, that's not normal. A loss of vision, not normal. Trouble walking, imbalance, double vision, not normal symptoms. These right. need to get checked out, I think, fairly quickly. Yeah, and I think you, you would agree. It is um, a lot of our patients just accept a lot of wrongness in their body uh, without really speaking up. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly seen patients who said, oh, you know what? I was numb in my arm after I delivered my baby. And then three years to come in and see me because both legs are numb. Like, uh, I think you got MS, you know, but let's check this out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Imaging, we, you know, the standard of care, we're going to do the MRI, usually the brain, cervical, and thoracic cord. We may or may not do a spinal tap. That may or may not be necessary. But we will make a diagnosis. We might with it early. We want early treatment because we know that makes an impact. When I started practice in 1992, there was zero treatment. Right. And these guys were rolling in in wheelchairs and stretchers because they were very disabled. Right now, the course of disease is so changed because we have early treatment, early diagnosis, medicines at work to knock out a third to two-thirds of these attacks or you know future sort of stroke-like events. And it's very impressive uh, over time what we've accomplished. Yeah. Last last question before we take a, a, a break, Dr. Jones. When somebody has these symptoms, be it blurred vision, balance, pain, or uh, numbness, would you say they should first go to their primary care physician or should they um, come to a neurologist and get a more detailed evaluation? I mean, I think if you can get to a neurologist, that makes more sense, but... The primary care docs are, are pretty savvy, and they know what's going on. So yeah. they're, they're your first line. Get in. You know, let They can get imaging, and they can get you to a neurologist who are going to be the ones you're going to recommend the disease-modifying therapies. Like I said, over 13 now with the confused generic zone in. We've got a lot of options, infusions, pills, um, you know, the, the old injectables that came out back in 1992, 1993. But, you know, they all work. So yeah, get in. that's wonderful. Get doctor and, and let them check you out. And, and just to make another point, vitamin D uh, levels seem to correlate with, with MS. So low D and MS correlate. We want to make sure you have good vitamin D levels and we want to treat folks with 
with vitamin D orally. Great. Dr. Julia Jones, Methodist Hospital Neurology. Thanks very much for coming on and explaining a very complicated topic. We'll get you back on again. We'll get you back on again. Okay. All right. Thank you you now. Bye-bye. All right. That was Julia Jones with Houston Methodist Hospital. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. We're going to have a news break. And with a little luck, Janice Dean will be on talking about multiple sclerosis and her story. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com. Free book at Dr. Joe Galati on Instagram. We're trying that tonight. Take care. We'll be right back. Raising your health IQ one listener at a time. I'm Dr. Joe Galati every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. We are here trying to spread some goodwill, make you all better consumers, and trust me, nothing beats knowing how your body works and staying out of the hospital, out of the doctor's office. Many times I've said I'd like to drive myself out of business. I think uh, it will not happen in my lifetime, but we get so many reports of people getting enlightened with some actionable information that they can use immediately. And so uh, for those listening early in the program, we had Dr. Jones talking about multiple sclerosis. We have Janice Dean on the line right now. Janice, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Dr. Galati. Uh, So far, so good. Absolutely. And for everybody listening, uh, Janice Dean is uh, in some ways a household name. You've been with uh, Fox good for a good number of years as their chief meteorologist. And if you tune in early in the morning, we see your uh, smiling face on Fox and Friends, uh, giving everybody the rundown on weather and your book, which I finished listening to on the way to the studio tonight. Mostly sunny, how I learned to keep smiling through the rainiest days. What I would say, Janice, this was a painfully honest book and, and having to hear you read it uh, was even more impactful for me. You know, you're the first person I've actually talked to that has told me they've heard me read it. Yes. Um, and I, I like the process of doing that, of, of being able to read the words that I wrote. Um, not going to lie, it was difficult in a lot of areas. Um, but um, I, you know, for impact sake, to hear someone actually read what they wrote, I, I would think is, is, you know, can can definitely touch a person even more so than reading the page. Well, you know, uh, you're, you're right. And the the funny thing was you, um, without going into details, you, you call out a number of people, if that's the right word, you, you know, different, different encounters you had with them and, and, and you certainly let your mind free. And some of the things, the way, the way you said it, I don't think on, in the, on the pages, a particular word or phrase or expression would fit it. And here's Janice Dean reading to us in our car last night as we were going to dinner. I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun tonight. So <laughs> it really, it really was, uh, was, was wonderful. And I do appreciate you taking the time tonight. So we, uh, we had a neurologist on a few minutes ago giving an overview of, of MS. And uh, I have the advantage of, of knowing, you know, what you wrote about yourself. But what, what were your first clues that Janice Dean was not Right. And and part of this, I always talk week after week, any opportunity I have, that we need to listen to our body. We need to be aware. We can't just 
have a pain and ache and just say, well, it's because I stayed up too late. So what what was your sort of uh, story? Well, I mean, I was lucky because I had sort of the textbook reaction to um, an MS flare-up, uh, and it was a big one. It happened after the 2005 hurricane season. That was, in history, it was the you know, the most prolific hurricane um, season we've ever had in the United States. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was the year of Katrina, oh, yeah. and Rita. We went to the, you know, the Greek alphabet. We had so many named storms. And I was feeling very tired to begin with. Um, at the time, I was the only meteorologist that they had uh, at Fox. I mean, we had certainly some part-time people, but I was the full-time meteorologist there. And boom, we get hit with a hurricane season like this. So I was already feeling tired. Um, but right afterwards, um, I decided I needed to take some time off because I just I just felt so worn out. And literally two days after um, I had, you know, gone away for a week, I went back to Canada. Mm-hmm. I, I could not get out of bed. I mean, it was, it, was, it was fatigue that I had never experienced before. And also I had numbness and tingling in various parts of my body. So right. not only was I, like, completely um, bedridden with fatigue, but I had this, these weird sensation. So I, I went to a doctor. I went to a clinic uh, back home in Canada. I'm originally from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember the doctor looking at me and said, you could have anything from a slip disc to multiple sclerosis. And oh, I, I looked at her, I thought to myself, who is this crazy lady telling me I could have like the wheelchair disease? Right. Um, she told me you should go back to the U.S. and you need to go get some MRIs and go see a, neuro- a neurologist. And I took her advice and I did that. Um, long story short, it took me a few doctors to go to to, to finally get a, a, a confirmed diagnosis. But I did have um, MRIs done and I had lesions on my brain and my spine. Yeah. So that was the first indication that there was you know something wrong. From there, I went and had a spinal tap. Um, and that also proved that I had the, the proteins that they look for in the spinal fluid uh, that show a possible multiple sclerosis diagnosis. Right, right. now, but, but the key thing here is w- when you woke up that morning, you, and not to speak for you, but you had no doubt that something was off the rails. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, of course, I did. But to, you know, to speak what you're talking about, you have to be your own health advocate. I went totally. to several doctors. And many of them were like, well, you might have this, you probably have this. But I went to several of them to finally get somebody that I, you know, felt that I trusted and knew what he was doing. And so that's why I tell people, you know, listen to your bodies and and go to see a doctor that you feel comfortable with and uh, somebody that's going to give you the answers that you're looking for. Well, you know, Janice, my second question here is, you you're very you spend a lot of time talking about the doctors and some of the names Doctor Feelgood or Doctor not you know not looking <laughs> you in the eye and yeah. you know and and as I was listening you know again you hit it on the head in that a lot of patients tolerate they tolerate bad care bad communication uh, and and whether it's MS or it's heart disease or arthritis whatever it may be. We as patients and advocates for our patients have to insist that they, in a sense, demand the kind of care you're looking for. What did did you learn from that? 
Well, for me, I need someone that has a good bedside banner, uh, and I need somebody that's going to connect with me and not keep looking at their watch like I'm, you know, I'm impeding on their next appointment. Yeah. And I know that that's hard. It, you know, obviously, as doctors, you're trying to get through as many patients as you possibly can. Um, but I needed someone that that at least maybe pretended that they cared about my case <laughs> or pretended that they – and that's why I say in there – some doctors need to go and take an acting class yes. because we as patients need to think that you actually, you know, want to spend time with us and want to diagnose us. Um, so that was, you know, that was my, obviously I want someone that's smart and knows what they're doing, but I also kind of need somebody that will connect with me and, and at least, you know, give me some indication that they care for me as a human being. Very, very well said. Now, the, the initial re- reaction of shock and disbelief, um, how, how did you manage all this? I didn't very well in the very beginning, and, uh-huh. I, and I write about that. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, mm-hmm. is because when I was first diagnosed, all I wanted to do was read about people that were doing okay with this d- diagnosis. Right. I, you know, my first impression was the wheelchair disease. Well, yes, that's that's some people can potentially be in a wheelchair, um, but that isn't all people. And I wanted to read hopeful cases of, you know, maybe people that are in wheelchairs, but they have a sunny disposition and they, and they have a good look outlook on life. Right. So I was looking for those books and I weren't, wasn't finding them. I was reading stuff on the internet that was very dire. I was, you know, finding books that, you know, were educational, but weren't giving me that okay, oh my gosh, is this all downhill? Like, I have nothing to look forward to? Am right. I, my boyfriend is going to leave me? And am I, I going to lose my job? Um, so I wrote this book as kind of a love letter to myself mm-hmm. that somebody that can be diagnosed with a chronic condition can also have a happy outlook on life, and that in turn can also help their diagnosis in the long run. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it's the mind-body connection is uh, a true, true to life. Now, you're, you know, we like to talk about, especially with our liver patients and those going for transplant, your support group, your, your core of people. Now, um, you were in New York City at the time, relative, well, you were sort no, you had been there for a while before the diagnosis, uh, you know, after the diagnosis, but did your core group of support people expand? Did it stay the same? Did it shrink down to get you through these days? Hmm. You know, at first, I think I kind of went into hiding. I really didn't know what to do. And my first reaction was to sort of, you know, I had a boyfriend at the time who is now my husband. That's Mm -hmm. my sunny outlook. Yes. Um, But at the time, I thought he might leave me. Like, who's going to hang around with somebody who, you know, I didn't know what my future was going to be. Was he going to be potentially a caretaker? Right. Um, So I was afraid to kind of reach out, but but I was lucky enough that I had someone that I worked with, and his name is Neil Cavuto. Right. Right. People watch Fox; they know Neil, and he has his he has several shows on the channel. He's uh, one of one of our big bosses there. He was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and it was well-known because he went public with his diagnosis. So I was able to connect with Neil, and he was able to be, 
you know, a good friend to me, but also someone that influenced me and, and was kind of a trailblazer in that he had a chronic illness and he was open with it and he told people about it. And I, if it wasn't for Neil, I don't know that I would, you know, be sitting here talking to you today because he really had such a huge impact on the way I looked at my life and, and my career, quite frankly. He was, he was very adamant that I was working for a company that would support us regardless of whether or not we were going to end up in wheelchairs. Yeah, really, it's a, it's a healthcare mentor is what you have there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very blessed. Yeah. Yes. Now, Janice, do you have a couple more minutes? Can we get you through the next segment? Absolutely. You're good? All right, yep. Janice. Hold on one second. We are talking with Janice Dean. What a delight. What a delight. You can see her hopefully tomorrow morning on Fox & Friends. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. DrJoeGalati.com is our website. More about multiple sclerosis and the book, Mostly Slenny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. Great metaphor for life. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Final segment of this week's Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. And for those that have been listening, the great um, pleasure of having Janice Dean with us. She is the senior meteorologist at Fox News Channel, and you see her in the morning on Fox and Friends. Now, are you going to be there tomorrow morning, Janice? <laughs> I am. Um, I've actually been... Uh, doing the weather from one of my rooms in my house because we've all been quarantined. So it's been an interesting, challenging time, but I am really glad that I'm still able to, you know, broadcast and do the weather, even if it's from my, my own home. I know. You know, you look at, you know, across all television, some are nice setups. Some you really think they're they're broadcasting from somebody's dorm room. <laughs> And, you know, some, some, uh, they don't even, I, I don't even think they like shave or comb their hair. I'm like, come on, you know, yeah. at least try, try, try. I know. So, um, you know, in, in, uh, some questions that I came up with, uh, you know, after listening to the book and, uh, sort of off, uh, off, uh, script with the, with your multiple sclerosis, but what, what kind of energy do you get? when that red light on the camera goes on. And is this, is this, is this energy that you have? Because if anybody has seen you, you are a, a barrel of energy. And uh, is this something that people can learn, or is this within somebody's DNA uh, when that happens? I think that's a question you probably should pose to my mom. But yeah. I will say, at the very beginning of the book, I talk about even at, you know, six or seven years old, um, I was out interviewing kids on the street. You know, I wanted to know what they were doing with their day or, you know, what was the weather like? I, so that's true. I think I've always had that kind of inquisitive nature about myself. I've always been enthusiastic about things that I absolutely love and I'm, I'm passionate about. I'm lucky because I'm doing something that I am very passionate about. I, I love what I do. I love, with con I love connecting with people. Right. The hard part right now that I face 
space is that I'm used to being outside with the folks. Right. Like I used to do the weather outside. Yes. With the crowd behind me. I yeah. love that. I would get a huge kick out of doing that. Um, so having that taken away has has been difficult. Um, and I'm also a hugger. I love to hug people that come by, Fox and Friends, and right. say hello. Um, so that's that's been difficult. Yeah. But, you know, H- hugging like, is now public enemy number one. You don't I do know. that. Right. It's just it, it's taken away a lot of things that I love and what people love, I think, about me and what I do on that show. Um, but I will say that we are like a family. I, I'm at Fox now for 18 years, yeah. and it is like a second family. And Ainsley, Steve, and Brian are like my brothers and sisters. So when I hear their voices in my ear, uh, you know, I... I will light up because I'm talking to my friends, you yeah. know, so, uh, and I also feel connected to the audience. They know me. I feel like I know them. So, um, I'm very passionate. I love what I do. It's unfortunate that this virus has taken away some of the things that I really love experiencing with that show. Yeah. I, I mean, the virus, we talk about it all the time. It just has literally sucked the air out of the sails. I mean, it is, uh, yep. ev- everybody is affected now. Um, you know, the book, Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. You are a meteorologist. Um, h- how do you, did, did you always have that metaphor in the back of your head as far as the weather and it's sunny and it's raining, it's cloudy, the sun will come out, there's rainbows, things like that. Did you, did you always have that or did that develop maybe after the MS uh, story uh, develop with you? Well, you know, I've noticed that I cover a lot of good news stories as well. Not only do I do the weather on Fox, I have this um, segment on Fox News Radio called The Dean's List, and I've been doing it for several years now. Uh And it focuses on good news stories, and I love doing that. And actually, I'm working on a book that's going to come out next year uh, called Make Your Own Sunshine. And Uh that's exactly what it's going to focus on is those – Stories of kindness, those stories of sunshine, and the common thread that goes throughout the stories that I cover, and my own story for that matter, a lot of times come from challenges, from climbing that mountain, and once you get to the top, that's when you have your best view. Um, so I, I do say, and I do feel, that going through something like MS, or a challenge uh, that we face in our lifetime makes you appreciate the days that you have the sunshine so or true. The, the days that you feel like you can appreciate the moment more. Um, so I truly, really believe that, that there is a common thread for people that have gone through, you know, maybe more challenging moments than others, that they appreciate those moments more than ever. So well said. And the heartbreaking part of tonight's show is that we're almost over and I'm going to have to say goodbye to you in a second. So, <laughs> Well, I, I enjoyed our conversation, so let's do it again. Uh, oh, absolutely, Janice. You know where we're at and I know where you're at. And uh, thank you so much. Big inspiration. And for everybody listening, her book, Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days, available everywhere. I would say during these cloudy days, this is the book you need. All right. All right, Janice, you have a wonderful night. We'll be in touch again soon. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very, very much. All right. Lovely interview. Terrific person. Um, that was Janice Dean. I want to take thank Dr. Jones for coming on 
giving an overview of multiple sclerosis. And for everybody out there, just as a, as a recap, so multiple sclerosis is one of those diseases that can present with visual neurologic pain, maybe numbness, uh, loss of balance. It is another reason to listen to your body. You have to be in tune. The body is not supposed to hurt, malfunction, not feel right. Do keep in mind, listen to your body, check your doctor, and get the help you need. All right. Dr. Joe Galati, don't forget, drjoegalati.com. We'll see you next Sunday night. Thanks for everybody for tuning in tonight. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.